This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Is Sky Blues Extra. Hello, everybody, and welcome along to this week's edition of the Sky Blues Extra podcast, which is brought to you by those great guys and girls at Shortland Horn, Coventry's leading estate agents. It's been two weeks since we last had our podcast, and there's been an international break in between, but we're back this evening uh, to to look back at what was a black, uh, blockbuster game versus Blackburn, easy for me to say. Uh, and alongside me, Dean, this evening, I've got Ross Cooper. Ross, how are we? Oh, I'm very well there, Dino. It's great to be back with you again. The last time we were together was enjoying some chicken in Nando. So it's great to to see you virtually over <laughs> again. It just feels like a long time ago, that really, as well. But, well, yeah, I've tried to, apart from the Nando's with you, I've tried to raise that game, that whole game. That was whole, wasn't it? So that was, uh, it was a pretty dismal performance. So the highlight of the evening, been getting soaked, you know, walking there and back to the ground was obviously. Uh, seeing you so absolutely and alongside both me and Ross is Matt Tritterin Matt good evening good evening how are we doing very very well uh, all things considered um, obviously as I said a blockbuster game yesterday against against Blackburn a lot seemed to have happened uh, so uh, what were, what was your thoughts Matt on on yesterday's performance up and down um, I think it's fair to say we we started well enough, obviously got the goal early on. A lot of people have said, you know, we should have been going in two, three and a look at half time, which I thought may have been a bit generous. Yeah. Um, we certainly had the run of the play, I, I would say, as going in ahead was um, was correct. I don't think anybody would deny that too much. But yeah, I, I don't know what you think in terms of, there seems to be this thought that we should have been two, three, no, three and a look at, at the break because while we had the play, while we did create some chances, I don't think they were clear cut. You know, you look at uh, Hamer's effort from range, obviously, He's come close and people are kind of hoping that goes in the back of the net, but it's not a golden you know, edge chance like we've seen missed in the past. So, yeah, for me, uh, up and down throughout the game, probably was a fair reflection at halftime. Um, and I'd also probably say a draw is a, a fair reflection at halftime as well. I'm glad you said that because it 
because in my notes I've got here, played well, but did we really create enough chances to, to win a game? I, I don't think we did, especially in that first, uh, especially in that second half, obviously. But even that first half, even though we, we were in the ascendancy, Ross, I, I still don't feel like we had that, you know, the, the cutting edge to, to get through. No, the uh, I thought the actually yeah the performance like you say was was good. We looked sharp. We looked like the international break had done us good. You know we'd looked pretty out on our legs uh, in our last time out against Derby. So yeah, we looked fresh. But like you say, we you know the last few games before the international break, we were, we were getting twenty shots on goal every game. We actually you know this is when I turn into Andy with the stats. <laughs> but we only we only actually had four four shots on target and four shots off. So we actually only had eight in the game, which actually by our standards is very very low. So I tend to agree with yourself and, and Matt that although we could have potentially been two up, we we didn't actually force their goalkeeper into that many saves. We didn't have actually that many efforts compared to previous games. Although our general play was good, I thought we were quick. I thought our passing was uh, was on point in that first half, and we I think we were the better side in the first half, and we deserved to go go in ahead. But one, it was probably what we what we deserved to get from that. It's one of those weird games where I thought it felt like a lot happened, but the reality is nothing really happened. Is, does that does that sort of make sense? I think so. Yeah, no, I the know atmosphere what you mean. was kind of like intense, wasn't it? In that first half, you know, we just kept going forward and we find, found these pockets of space, but nothing really, really, really happened. It was weird. It, yeah, it's one of those where you, you get in positions where the crowd get up and you feel like a chance could occur, but it never did materialise from the position we got ourselves into. So we, I mean, even our goal, you know, could, you know, O'Hare should be shooting, tries to take him on, and then we, you know, we get fortunate and it, and it sort of goes in. But that sort of summed us up. We got into some really good positions, and then we just we never had a chance to show for it because we, you know, that final ball or we, whether we didn't take a shot or, or whatever it might be. So I know what you mean. It felt like a lot happened. And it was probably the same for Blackburn, to be fair. They had the ball sometimes on the edge of the box, up down, down where I sit, and I thought a bit too much space here. But they, again, they sort of passed it around without actually doing too much. You know, the odd little cross across the goal. Um, but that was about it, really. So I know what you mean. The first half was sort of one of those where you felt like, I felt like we sort of cancelled each other out and we both had little moments, but there wasn't too much to sort of, you know, there wouldn't be too much on the highlight reel, would there, from that first half? No, I think the, the guy I follow would have struggled for the old uh, for the old old highlights, that's for sure. I actually watched uh, one of those dodgy streams, unfortunately, because I couldn't make it up home. And I watched it with Arabic commentary, which really made everything exciting. Um, so maybe that's why I was a bit you know, disillusioned with with how exciting it was because the <laughs> the Arab commentary made it way more exciting than it than it actually was. Do you, do you speak Arabic or are you are you struggling with that one? I'm not yet. I, you know, some people could say I can't even speak English. So you know, I think Arabic <laughs> might be one step too far. Although I do spend a lot of time in the Middle East, so maybe it's one thing I I should pick up on over over the next year. Um, Duolingo. I need to download Duolingo after this chat uh, let's get into the game then and uh, let's talk about the team first of all Ross there was three changes from from the, the team last last time out before the international break Michael Rose back from Covid Ian Matson back at left back and Big Vic back up top it's kind of expected wasn't it but a strong looking lineup nonetheless yeah it was the strong lineup you know as uh, and we've said on previous weeks at home I think we like to go attacking we like to go two up front so I sort of expected you know Big Vic to come back in 
And to be fair, in his last game when he came on against Derby and we went to up top, he, he did make a big difference, you know, albeit he, he should have scored two, but he actually did impact the game. And then, of course, Jake Clark Salter, he looks like he could be out for the rest of the season. So obviously that was an enforced change. Um, so obviously Bidwell then went back into left centre back where we'll discuss further, but I thought he again had, a, had, a, had probably his best showing in a, in a Coventry City shirt since signing uh, from Swansea. Matson was obviously back and I was hoping he's going to be less tired than he looked against Derby. You know, that was ominous before the game two weeks ago when Robin said, yeah, Matson's shattered. And then he brought him on after 15 minutes. He um, also went on international duty as well. He so. did as well. So I was sort of, again, I was still slightly concerned that, that you know, this, that, that sort of excuse is going to be rolled out again. But no, and then Michael Rose coming in. Um, and I thought it was interesting that Hyam kept the sort of central spot of the three because I know sometimes Rose has played the centre. I say Robin's obviously listened to the podcast last time where I slated the decision to not have him in the middle. But that was obviously with Sheaf. Uh, well, that, exactly. But we, and, we, and he learned from that, didn't he? Because against Derby, he then did put Haim in the middle. So, yeah. no, I thought he looked a good team. I think, yeah, so I was very happy with, it, with, with the lineup, to be fair. So, yeah. Just thinking back that you just mentioned those two big Vic chances. I completely forgot about those against Derby you know that international break such a void isn't it I absolutely hate it I don't know what I hate guys. it especially when it's friendlies I mean I can't like I just I, I didn't even know he, who England were playing I, honestly I was. Just I had a of... ticket for the Ivory Coast game and I didn't even go mate so that tells you everything you need to know wow I was too busy writing my memory lane piece um, oh yeah of course yeah I, I did read this week's one which is did you enjoy is, it yeah I did yeah yeah I did enjoy it I do enjoy your writing everyone everyone should check that out memory lane each week Ross uh, gets his pen and pen and sorry his quill I should say and his his paper <laughs> out um, to 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 bring us some uh, nice historic pieces which is which is really nice. Do you enjoy those? I do enjoy it, and actually, what's quite good is um, especially because obviously a lot of the games are, are, are ones before before I was even born or well, time existed. Well, exactly. You know, because I'm younger than you, Dino. So you know, you, you sort of experience more of the Premier League days. I I, I didn't. So it's a quite I quite enjoy. Especially if you can find the highlights on YouTube or whatever, and actually be able to watch watch the highlights, it's quite enjoyable. But the good thing is, moving forward, this season there's been a lot of games with the late goals that will definitely feature uh, in the next few seasons of Memory Lane pieces. So, or you know, the next edition of Sky Blues Extra in twenty years' time, when somebody takes the mantle on and we're too old to to get involved, maybe they'll look back in your Memory Lane pieces while while we're just enjoying the Nando's. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Someone else, can, someone else can burden themselves with the Memory Lane pieces. <laughs> We'll own Nando's by then, Ross. We will. Sky's the limit. Um, let's talk about the Godden penalty incident because that happened quite early in the game. Matt, I'll come to you first. Did you think it was a penalty? Probably. <laughs> but it's just, I think we've had a few of these and I, I don't know, maybe I've kind of got that patience to be able to say if it's if it's close, if it's hard to see, if we're not going to, I'm not going to go into to VAR because we've, we've been there before. But um, yeah, if it's that tight, if you kind of watch it 17 times back on a replay and slow it down and see it from God knows how many angles and you're still not 100% sure, then I can kind of live with a referee, maybe not always getting the decision. It's frustrating because I think at the moment, all of those kind of decisions seem to go against us, which would potentially be big decisions. You kind of think majority of the time they seem to, to kind of go against us so I know there's a lot of frustration around it and obviously it would have been um fantastic at the point at that point to have got the penalty and hopefully have taken the lead so I understand I get the frustration but also kind of from my perspective looking looking back at it yes I do think it's a penalty but I also I don't know what you think but personally you can kind of understand why it's not given as well 
Absolutely. There's not much contact, but there is contact. Mm. There's a slap across the back. And yeah. you know, for me, any contact like that, you know, is a penalty. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. But it's, it's definitely a penalty. It's kind of, I think it is fairly cut and dry when you see that there is contact. But I just, I don't know. It, again, maybe some people have a little bit more understanding for a freeze. I've been done it a little bit in the past. And, you know, you just kind of think, I can understand why that, he might have missed it. Obviously, not given is, is saying that maybe he's just seen it and gone the wrong way. But personally, I kind of think he has seen it. Uh, sorry, he ha- he's kind of not been able to to keep up with play enough to um, to definitively see it. So I can I can kind of live with it. Ross is shaking his head. I don't think he's in agreement here. I don't, I don't think it's a penalty. Uh, I, 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 at the time, at the other end to me, I, I'm thinking because he's through. I'm thinking he's either going to get a shot away here and he goes down. Obviously, you're appealing. But watching it back, I think he sort of trips himself up in a bit. I don't think there's enough in it. But I think there's a little bit of contact which makes him trip himself up. I just think there's a little nick, which is what actually makes him... He definitely does trip himself up, you're right, but is there a little something before that which kind of causes him to do that? I just I just think, when I look at... I feel like we've had more Stonewall penalties recently not given Tavares against that's Hull. Sure, yeah. And so when that's not being given, there's no way in my mind that... It's just the way it's sort of... You're probably right. There probably is a, a slight touch, but because it's sort of almost clumsy and then he sort of trips himself up, I think the refs looked at it and gone, there's not enough in it. And, you know, like I say, we've had penalties in recent games, which I still think, watching them back as Stonewall pens. Uh, but then having said that, but having said that, if Tom Lawrence is getting a penalty, then yeah, maybe Matty Goddens is, is a penalty as well, based on that sort of <laughs> refereeing standard. Uh, Premier League referee again. They seem to be doing well this year in the Championship, don't they, really? And then he took about 40 minutes to get a new headset on. Yes, I noticed that, yeah. Although, you know, was it two minutes later we did score from the, uh, from, from the, from the own goal? Matt, talk us through that one. Yeah, it's, um, I, feel, I feel sorry for the defender, if I'm honest with you. Um, I got over it really quickly as well, you know, because obviously it's given us the lead. But I think the, the real culprit in that um, incident was Wharton because obviously it's kind of come out of defence. Um, Gakres has done well to to win the header. It's obviously not kind of gone too far off him. But Wharton, if you watch it, he, he, he comes for a ball that he's got no right to come for. He's never getting it. It's about a, a yard or two away from Godden and it's about five or six yards away from him. So... Him coming out of defence opens up that space for Godden to, to come and obviously play the ball in behind. I think it's really nice from Godden. Um, obviously, it looks like a simple pass, but actually he's got to kind of contort and move his body around to to get in the right position to be able to put the ball where he needs to. And he's done that really well and he's paced it really well. And it looks initially um, as if O'Hare's got a clean run through on goal. And uh, obviously, we've talked plenty in the past about what we've passed about what happens when O'Hare has a clean run through on goal and we don't know what maybe would have materialised if he'd have um, had the opportunity to shoot. But the, the, he actually comes across and covers the space really well. It looks like he's he's got a clear walk in, but uh, he reacts really quickly, comes over, closes down the space. Um, I know Ross mentioned earlier on in terms of kind of, you know, the opportunity is there to have a shot and it it is. Um, I can understand what he's trying to do. He's trying to give himself as much time as possible, but probably should be pulling the trigger. But, um, but yeah, unfortunate for the defender, but very fortunate for us. Yeah, he got lucky with the with the touch, really, because you know mm. that could have ricocheted anywhere. We're also lucky that the keeper's coming out of his goal as well to to bit to bypass him. Maybe a bit of a confidence thing for O'Hare as well. He's thinking he wants to kind of give himself as much time as possible with the chance, try and take it away from the defender rather than shooting with the pressure of the defender on him. So maybe that's a little bit of uh, 
I don't know, a confidence thing for him because he's trying to give himself as much time as possible. Is that a case of him trying to do too much, Ross, as well, at that point, just take the shot on? Yeah, I think I, I think that's right. I think he's trying to sort of trying to simplify it for himself. But actually, I sort of think if he does succeed at what he's trying to do, I don't necessarily think it's an easier finish because he's going away from goal, right? He's going well. He's sort of then on the right, and then he's really going to have to put it at the near post, the keeper's left. Whereas I actually think, I think a confident O'Hare, if he's got five, six goals this season, or if that's Matty Godden in that position, I think he can take that. Like you say, the keeper's off his line. I think, I think he's got both sides of the goal to aim for. I think a confident O'Hare takes a shot there. And, and, you know, I sort of was waiting him to, because he pretty much was in, do you know what I mean? Like one-on-one. And he sort of, he's trying to sort of check back in again. And and as you say, we got very lucky. I mean, I think another nine, 99 times, it probably, I mean, it dribbled in at like two miles an hour. So, I mean, it could have gone anywhere. We got away with that, really. Um, but it was a nice move. And Matty Godden again, showing that he can sort of drop in, play a nice little uh, assist pass and, yeah, I think he's just tried to do too much there, uh, O'Hare. I think he's just got to take the shot. You know, what, what's the worst thing that's going to happen, you know? I'm glad you mentioned the the, the good move there because it seems to be like the front three were working really well and in tandem that, you know, majority of that first half, I would say. Pick up space, you know, little through balls, yeah. intricate passes. It was, it was really nice to see them looking lively and linking up really well as well. Well, I think that's what what's great when you've got the two up front. I think they all offer something different. We saw how well... Dodden and O'Hare linked up for the goal against Derby. But I think when you've got Victor as well, he's got that sort of direct physical presence. He loves to dribble. You've got O'Hare making those runs beyond. I just think those three work so well together. They add something different. They've all got something a bit different um, to bring to the table. And, you know, obviously two of them have been scoring, you know, loads of goals this season. Um, and if O'Hare gets, gets the chances as well. So, I mean, those three have caused problems, you know, for, for every team this season. Um, and again, we started pretty bright. And as you say, they linked up well and nice quick passing. And we probably just lacked, almost that first goal almost summed up our half. Although we scored, we didn't take the shot on. And we got the goal because we were lucky, but we did that almost a bit too much. So we got in good positions and we didn't shoot. The only person who seems happy to shoot is Hamer you know, yeah. um, really, you know, and he would just, he would shoot on sight. Everyone else, it was a bit like, oh, we've got in good positions and then, oh, it's just the final pass and it's, you know, it's broken down. But uh, yeah, it was good, encouraging play though on the whole. You talk, you mentioned Hamer there. I think he had a really, really good first half. One of the best performances yeah. I think I've seen from him for, for quite a while. You know, he, he took everything on, he had that block shot and then obviously hit the post with a sublime effort. It was so close, you know, took, yeah. took the paint off, didn't it? Yeah, it was... Uh, but again, he started it by winning the ball back. You know, again, I mean, that first part, you know, you know we, we lose the ball. I think Vic tried to dribble. He lost it. They're sort of break, potentially breaking. Hamer steps in, wins the ball back. And then, yeah, just takes that nice touch, lays it out. And he, I thought it was a goal, to be honest. You know, you can see the sort of the curve on it. And I mean, it was very unlucky, wasn't it? If that's a couple of inches to the left, it goes posting in. And we're thinking, wow, you know, potentially goal of the season contender for us. Um, and we're tuning up. And, and then at that point, you're probably thinking... You know, we've not been ahead many times this season. Normally, no. we go behind. So, you'd have been Especially thinking, half well... time. Yeah, exactly. So, you'd have been thinking, well, we're in a good position here. So, you, you bang on. I think ever since he signed that new contract, I mean, he's obviously been brilliant before then. But I've just noticed, you just sort of go, you know what? He's been, he's been electric level. in every game. Yeah, yeah he really has. Uh, Matt, what's your what's your opinions on on both the midfields in, in Jamie Allen and, and Gus Hayman? They seem to strike up a real nice partnership over the last couple of games in the middle of the park. Yeah, I mean, it does feel like a, a midfield partnership that it feels on paper like it should work because you have got somebody like Alan who's got obviously a fantastic engine. You know he's going to be able to kind of 
do the dirty work. He's going to nip in. He's going to win the ball back. He's going to, I guess, keep potentially two or three men busy in that midfield. And obviously for us, that's fantastic because we've got Hamer as um, our most gifted, talented, technical footballer. You want him to have that space to be able to kind of pull the strings, be able to do what we know he can do. So I don't think there has been any um, coincidence about the fact that it has been the last few weeks uh, where Alan has had more game time that Hamer's probably shone a bit more because he's had that opportunity to do so. And um, it's one of those things with Hamer, you kind of look at him and you think, it feels almost as if, and I, I don't actually believe this is the case, but it almost feels as if once he signed that contract, he just seems more up for it in games. But then I also always have felt like he's been up for it because, well, I mean, he gets booked off for enough. You can you can tell he's he's not holding anything back. So I kind of look at it and I do think he's um, it, it's got to be something down to to kind of what's being allowed for him in terms of kind of the people that he's playing with. And Jamie Allen's just doing such a um, not a solid job because he's getting praised for what he's doing, but he deserves it because he's um, yeah, he's putting a lot of hard yards in and allows Hamer to to do what he's uh, he's capable of doing. And um, yeah, his first half performance was was fantastic. I know we said it before, but the the way that Jamie Allen's come on since you know last season, we thought he was out the door in the summer, and he's just come on leaps and bounds, and he's one of the first names on the team sheet. I feel at the moment. At the minute, you'd you'd have to say he's somebody who's kind of basically made himself undroppable and he's somebody I was really excited about when we first signed him because obviously he came in at League One level having had championship experience previously so you're thinking at that kind of level he's going to be a really solid player and obviously you know he had a decent start for us then as well but it didn't appear as if it was going to work out too um, too well in terms of kind of the championship yeah he, he steps up a level at the minute and I think Maybe we are giving him the opportunity to play in the kind of role that suits him best. Um, you know, maybe we've asked him to do um, things in the past in terms of a bit more responsibility to create, to to score goals. You know, I think he can he can take a shot and he can uh, he can score a goal and everything else. But I just think what we're getting from him at the moment is what we should what we should be looking for as as a focus because yeah, he, he's been absolutely fantastic. Ross, you're a big Jamie Allen fan too, aren't you? Yeah, I, I think he's been brilliant. And, you know, I'll be one of the first people, along with probably everyone who, who thought in the summer, you know, if he went, I don't think would have necessarily been, I'd have been probably too disappointed. I'd probably expected him to go in the summer, you know. And and like Matt said, you know, when we signed him, I thought he looked really good in League One. But then last season, he just, I don't know, struggled. He almost looked like he lacked a, a bit of confidence, uh, a bit of self-belief. And I sort of undenied a lot with it. And I sort of think, I actually think, <laughs> it's weird because initially I was like, actually, I, I'm not sure how I feel about him as a, a central midfielder. You know, he's often played at the top of the box. And I think, okay, well, that's a bit more, it's a bit safer that position. Do you know what I mean? Because you've got that protection behind you. But actually this season, I think he's been at his best when it's been him and Hamer in the middle of the park, early in the season when we beat Cardiff, we beat Middlesbrough. It was those two, energy, fitness, relentless, nonstop running. Um, and I mean, he can't, I mean, has, was it, how many, has he scored this? Yeah, he scored one, hasn't he, this season? Yeah, Bristol, um, wasn't it? The, the, that's the one part of his game that I think he, he he lacks, and that's why I think when he plays in the cam position, if we play the, the box, you, so if he plays as a cam with O'Hare, you've got two players there who've got four goals between them. Do you know what I mean in this season? And that's the one part of his game which I think if he could just improve on that and just just get a couple more goals, I, th I think then it, that he'd be pretty much rounded to be fair. And that's why I think if he plays as centre mid there's less pressure on him to do that. I think when you're in that cam position, as O'Hare finds out, there's everyone's looking at you to, to, to score the goals. And I think Jamie Allen, he's probably scored about three or four 
in his whole time with us, doesn't he? So that's the, probably the one part of the game he, he needs to improve on. But uh, I do love him. I think he's... And what I love about him, actually, I don't know if you've noticed this, but this season, he seems so pumped. Yeah. You know, like his reaction to the winner against Bristol, all I was watching was him. I've watched that clip back of that Bristol City fan doing a, a vlog or whatever. <laughs> I've, I've literally watched it about 10 times afterwards. And I just watched Jamie Allen. I thought, wow, I mean, this is a guy who who looked destined to be leaving sort of thing. He, he got rewarded with a new contract this season and he just looks pumped. He's coming around the fans. He looks like he's loving his football and he loves being part of this team and playing for this club. And that's what you want to see. And he, he seems to be thriving. So long may that continue. No changes for the Sky Blues at half time, being 1-0 up, but there were two changes for Blackburn at the break. Uh, Bradley Dack and the Chilean... Ben Brereton Diaz making his return from injury since out since January had to happen against the Sky Blues, didn't it? Uh, always seems to happen, but made an immediate impact. Ross, you know, poor defending there, wasn't it? Yo, I mean, schoolboy stuff. It's funny, funny about the Ben Brereton Diaz thing because when we played Blackburn away, that was after an international break, and it was the same old story about how oh, he's not going to play, and then lo and behold, he's a long on. flight, isn't it? It's a but long then, flight. It is, but the worst thing is... It's not going to be an economy, though, is he? Let's be honest. No, he's going to have a, but, have a nice live flatbed. Well, you'd know all about that, Dino. You no, trips, I have. Uh, trips abroad. <laughs> Absolutely um, don't get any live flats in, in, in my role, I'm afraid. I mean, if anyone else could spot the difference to him and Bradley Dapmay, both got long brown hair. I was going to say, was... di- diff- difference between me, me and Ben Brereton. <laughs> no, no, well, I've heard you're a good striker. Uh, I heard you're a lethal <laughs> finisher, mate. But uh, but no, it was really sloppy defending. I mean, I, I count, well, I looked, it was about 17 seconds into into the second half and you, we've conceded. And we've done that a lot, you know, not so much this season, but last season under Robbins, we'd start a second half and you'd be thinking, are we all just falling asleep, you know, in the in the... In the change room, it was really poor defending. Matson got done early on with it, one long punt from the kickoff. And then the cross comes in and, and it's Michael Rose's man. And, you know, I, I've been critical of him with mistakes he's made in games, you know, a month or so ago. And again, he, he's got to be doing better there. That's his man. He, he's got beat by Bradley Dack, who, you know, well, we you also have chances Michael to clear Rose it, though, don't we? Well, we did, have, we did have chances to clear it. I mean, it should never have got in the position for him to put the cross in. Uh, we've got to get out. We've got to stop the cross. But when it comes in, we've got to deal with that better as well. And it, if the problem is when you concede that early, I just think it sets the tone. And every, you know, we've worked so hard. We've played really well in that first half. And you've got a 1-0 lead. And then all of a sudden, in the, in the space of 20 seconds, you, you, you're back to square one. Yeah, and then backs against just, the wall, weren't we? Backs, really? back, and, then, and then it just seems ominous then. And, and you could just see that they go... You know, they've brought on their star man or a couple of their... You know, Bradley Dax a, a very top player as well. And they've got Rothwell on the pitch. So suddenly you're thinking, well, this is looking dangerous now because we just didn't, we just looked half asleep, you know, it, it, that, that, and that's, that was concerning. Um, and we struggled to respond to that, I think. Yeah, definitely. I just want to ask you about the tactics in that in that second half too, because it seemed to be for for large majority of the half that Blackburn were constantly in our own half. You know, they had seven players, I noticed, pushing up against our bat line for, for, the, for the majority. They made that change, obviously, to push forward and pressurise us to try and get some more control of the game. And there was massive gaps then between yeah. our midfield and our front three who weren't dropping back to try and help. And it was yeah. really frustrating. And I put it on Twitter that like, it was tactically abysmal. And that's one of my you know, pet peeves with Mark Robbins. I just don't think he's got the, the ability or the nous to tactically change things. He's got like plan A and that's it. And it's it's really frustrating for me. 
after he listens to this podcast, you're going to see a raft of changes on Wednesday night, Dina. Well, I would, all I'd like, <laughs> what I'd like to see, I'd like to see Ben Sheaf on the pitch, try and get some more control in midfield. And if we have to drop one of the front men, we have to do it. You know, it's, it's part and parcel. I agree. I think, though, there's a the perception, isn't there, at home. We've just conceded. And I agree with you. I think sometimes you almost need to go potentially to the box sort of thing to get that extra man in midfield. But I feel like the perception is, and obviously Robin shouldn't play to the perception of the fans. He should do what he thinks is right. But, you know, there'd be a lot of people who would, you know, fans who would see us take off a striker or take off O'Hare or whatever you might do, bring on a Ben Sheaf. And everyone's thinking, hang on a second, we've just conceded. It's for the greater cause, right? Oh, I agree. I agree. And he shouldn't be, that shouldn't be in his thought process at all. Like, I think the problem, the issue I had was, I agree, there was too much, there was far too many gaps but we just don't seem to tackle, you know, like they, 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 their players get the ball, like Rothwell can just get it, turn, and every time he just runs past two of our players. I just think, where, I feel like, when are we doing that? Do you know I mean, we were trying to do these passes still, but because the gaps were too big, it was breaking down and we could never feed the front three, like you say. So I don't know, I, I, you're probably right about, and I, I don't know necessarily, I mean, who would you brought, who would you have brought Ben Sheaf on for? I'd have probably, probably took Gordon off at that point. Yeah. And, and you know, I might have took Vic off as well, to be honest, and brought Tavares on and just give us an out ball, get a bit of pace in behind, mm. because that's that was the only way. Or, if you're not going to bring Sheaf on, just bring Tavares on, and there's your out ball. You know, get him direct into the corners and let him just yeah. chase after things. You know, there was two, you had two options, maybe, maybe a third as well, if you dropped a four at the back. But we just needed some control. And it, it just, it, we just seemed to be like, running around like headless chickens. You want to be like proactive, school don't you? A, school kids in a playground chasing the same ball at some point. Well, well yeah, I, I, I'd know all about that. <laughs> that was me, mate. But like, it, it does. It did feel reactive though, as in like, I'm there watching it and you're just thinking, they're going to score again. You know, uh, you could just see it. You know, they were getting, Bereton Diaz had a shot, Bradley Dak had a shot just wide and you, you're there and you're thinking, the, the, the script's been written here. And unless we chain, do something to change it, they are going to score. And lo and behold, they did. So I agree. I felt like at that point is when you want to see Robbins make a change. Again, it was 86 minutes and we made a sub, you know, uh, on, you know on Saturday. And you're there thinking, if he makes a change at one all, we can then go and win the game. Do you know what I mean? Rather than waiting until we go behind and then celebrating, you know, a late goal as we did. But when you really, you sort of, there's a little part of you which goes, well, that one all, we could have tried to wrestle back the control in the game a little bit and then push on and try and get go 2-1 up. But so I agree with you. I, I do think that sometimes, like you say, Mowbray made changes. We didn't know how to react to that and we didn't have any answers of ourselves, really. Mate, after the goal, Blackburn had made three subs and we didn't have anyone warming up. No one was down there. They were having a cup of tea, mate. In the... oh, it's just maybe over at Nando's, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> trying to get our scraps. <laughs> It's just, it's just very frustrating, isn't it? It's like that stubbornness that Mark Robbins has got. You know, I just, I just like to see that go. If I'm honest, I don't. Does so that not say all about the squad though? Just, like, I don't know what you think say, about as well. It does but say like, a lot you know, of questions about he looks the squad. at the bench and there's the only sub he made was Tavares, which I thought says a lot about you know Waghorn. A lot's been said about him. And you look at the other players on the bench. I mean, if we, ha you'd like to think that if he looked behind and went, you know what? And he had like a more more strength and depth that he'd have made these changes. You'd like to think. I think he just says it. You know, well, you go yeah. ahead, Matt. No, no, yeah. I mean, I agree. I think that's one of the key points. We do kind of. I am a bit caught. I I guess a bit torn when it comes to this situation with Robbins because you kind of balance out. And you say, 
look, waiting until the 86th minute of that game to, to make a substitute was too long. That, that, that's just, that has to be the case. But I also like the fact that Robbins isn't, you know, there seems to be a theory in football whereby if you're not winning the game, you get to 60, 65 minutes, you make substitutes. And that's a little bit substitutes for substitutes' sake. And, and obviously we know Robbins is not that guy. He's not going to do that. Maybe it has ticked over into a little bit of stubbornness. But I, I don't know. I do kind of, uh, to an extent, I kind of feel like I, I like the fact that he's not somebody who's just going to say, right, 60 minutes, we're not winning the game. Let's change this, that, the other. He's, he has kind of got a plan. He has got an idea. Now, what we are saying is, obviously, we probably do need to be a bit more reactive to what's going on the pitch. So um, a bit of a balance in kind of taking each game at, at face value. Yeah, you got to kind of, you know, obviously, once they'd scored the goal, it's straight after half time. So at that point, I'm kind of thinking, obviously, you look at our bench compared to their bench. They've brought on um, Diaz, they've brought on Dak. We haven't got those same level of options to be able to counter that. And the starting 11 we've got, you still are working on the basis of that's the best 11 players that we've got to kind of play that game of football. And you can kind of say, right, they've scored a goal, kind of quarters on the break, quarters napping, coming out for the second half. You don't necessarily expect changes to happen at that point. But when you're kind of 15, 20 minutes then into kind of fairly regular pressure, you are saying, right, you know, you need to make a change. But again, you start looking at the bench and you kind of say, what do you do? Okay, maybe you bring a bench sheaf on, but again, we're kind of looking at it. If we're trying to say we're, we're still pushing to try and get those players. I know we're probably feeling now that playoffs are gone, um, which is fair enough. But if we're still pushing to have any level of opportunity to get into the top six we needed to win this game realistically um and to potentially go and make substitutes to to try and kind of i guess curtail their players is pretty much i, I don't know it's not realistically given us the best opportunity to do that so i guess a little bit i'm scrambling to try to defend him because i do feel he realistically should be making substitutes before the 86th minute mark for sure i know we all want to see more uh, game time and opportunity for Tafaris for sure and you know he seems to get five ten minutes and um, I don't know if the expectation is for him to, to change the world in that time but it's it's obviously quite harsh on the lab but um, but yeah I, I guess one positive for me is that I am glad that he's not the kind of manager who is going to say right 60 minutes we're just going to change things because going back to your initial point we haven't got the the world's strongest bench we haven't got that kind of strength and depth to be able to um to just bring anybody off the bench and pretty much just kind of change the game i'm sitting here kind of thinking where's leonard brody and his text the sub idea see what it's stuff <laughs> where's that i'd love to see that be brought in <laughs> but but also if it's I, I know what you're saying matt but if, if he hasn't got the subs i think the other thing then is you almost want to see a tactical tweak to the players who are on the pitch you know even if he's not going to make a sub can he do something with the current 11 still to wrestle back that control. And, and that didn't seem like that yeah. happened or, or whatever he did try didn't happen because Blackburn still found these pockets of spaces. They were the team looking more, far more likely to score than we were. We didn't really have that too many moments in that second half. Um, so even it maybe it is a case where he's gone, okay, you know what? I'm not sure there's a sub who I want to bring on. Oh, there's no one I really want to take off, but can he do something with the system, you know, with the players on the pitch to try and change it. Ross, yeah, tactically we could have changed things, but you know, we did we did what we do every single time at the CBS, don't we? We we brought it back right at the death. Uh, a bit of dark arts from Blackburn. 
during that second half, leading to a lot more than the, the allotted six minutes uh, being played. Lots of feigning injuries, which ultimately led to the goal coming in that 99th minute, uh, three, three minutes over the scheduled time. I think it was Dabo's first good cross all season, wasn't it? First assist of the season. Um, yeah, buzzing. No, it was brilliant. It was a well-worked goal, wasn't it? I mean, we, like you said, the one thing this season we don't do is we don't give up. And I, I received a message from a mate, uh, and he said, "Do we look like scoring?" And my, I didn't answer because I don't <laughs> want to tempt fate. But my, I was deep down, my answer was like, "Yeah, I sort of feel like we we do, even though we hadn't created that many chances and everything that I've just said." I sort of believed, you know, there's certain games this season where I've gone, I don't, I don't, I don't think we are going to. But this one, I, it was very reminiscent of Preston at home, where it went over the allotted time, you know, and you've got Tony Mowbray bewildered at where the extra time's come. It's like, mate, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the answer. So I always, um, as you know, Dino, been at the whole game, I always put my timer on my watch of the six. Yeah, he is, he long is very sad, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Yeah, I am very sad, but no, but, but. Hear me out, right? So he they've allowed they've put up six minutes and I stopped my start my timer. But while he put the fourth official put the six minutes up, a Blackburn player is on the floor. And so it, on my timer it went from six minutes down to four and the game hadn't even restarted. It then restarted for a couple of minutes and then another Blackburn player went down. So of the six minutes, only about two and a half minutes were actually played. So he was right to add on the extra three and a half minutes which is what he did, and we got the goal. So there you go, Tony Mowbray, if you're listening, that's where the added time was taken from. It's embarrassing. It's, a, it's, a, it's embarrassing, isn't it? it? Kind of from from the perspective of a professional manager and your players are quite clearly doing what they were doing, not even just in that period of time, but throughout kind of the second half, realistically. And you can come out in an interview afterwards and say, well, where's that come from? It's quite obvious where it's come from. And I, I don't know, I just... Yeah, if I was a Blackburn fan, it's the kind of thing I'd be embarrassed about because realistically, look, even if he added an extra two or three minutes, that shouldn't have been there. Realistically, I'd, I wouldn't want to hear Robbins talk like that. I wouldn't want to hear him say, where have those two, three minutes come from? I'd want to hear him talk about why we've conceded that goal and what we could have done better. So even if it wasn't valid, that's not what you want to hear from your manager, but it, it was. So, yeah, embarrassing. Mate, how good was Big Vic in this as well? Just... The, the power <laughs> could have been. A, I mean, could have been a pen. Yeah, I was about to say we wouldn't have got that penalty for sure. So you know, it was a good job. He, you know, got his got his a massive head on it. That's for sure. Oh, brilliant! It's far as did really well as well. Really yeah. positive run, cut back, uh, laid it back, and you know, credit to Dabo. As I say, you know, he hadn't got assist all season, but it's a first time cross, and he hit it so well towards the back post and. Vic, like you say, he, he's literally out, out maneuvered the defender. The defender's literally got his arms around, giving him a bear hug. Yeah. But Vic's there and he, and he gets his big uh, Swedish head on it and he scores and he rolls up his sleeve and he tells he's everyone. He's got your watch Vic on, time. hasn't he? He's got it's my good. watch on, mate. He literally <laughs> he was tapping it. I, I, I threw it down to him, mate, from row M. Um, and it, uh, but no, it was a brilliant, brilliant cross, brilliant goal. Um, and yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what he needed and he, he, looked, he looked buzzing. And the Arabic commentary, if you can listen back anywhere on the internet, if you can listen back to that bit, absolutely fantastic. Just give it the big Victor. It was, it was amazing. Is it better than Dave Bennett screaming over Clive when Clive's that. trying to Clive's trying to talk? But you know what? That's what I want to hear. I want to hear passion. like a fan. Passion. Yeah. Dude, I don't need you to, to... I think anyone listening can get the, um, get, you know, get get the, the gist, gist that yeah. we've just scored. So you don't need to go, wow, it was this. Just go, yes, come on. You know, and Clive's there trying to carry on talking. It just makes me laugh. 
We should, you know, when uh, Sky Sports used to have like fan fan zone in the commentary, you used to have a fan from each team. Maybe, maybe yes. BBC should do that and get a fan as a co-coms each week. Maybe get us involved. I don't mind. Yeah. I'd love to do a bit of commentary. It'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? I, I, I always wanted to be a commentator, you know. Oh, did you? You've got the voice I, for it. I always used to make uh, make the crowd sounds as well. Oh, that know, is... I mean, I was playing football manager. You've talked a lot tonight <laughs> a lot about... Of, yeah, a lot coming out here with the watch, Ian. Yeah. Hey, Ian, this is, this is you know, I, it feels like the right time. We might have to start a Go GoFundMe here for some therapy for you, Ross, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> if there's any willing Sky Blues Extra podcast listeners uh, willing to, to give to a good cause... <laughs> Also, also, just quickly, I bet you probably didn't see, but the just to update everybody, yeah, the halftime kick it for a ticket oh, guy. Did didn't, it, so he scored from the penalty spot. He scored from the edge of the box, and he got it from uh, from thirty five yards. He bent it; it just went in. So he then gambled, decided to go to the halfway line oh. for a season ticket, a chance to sit next to me and see me with my time at all season <laughs> next year. And he's the problem is he's right footed, and I, I've. His first three shots have all bent away. I'm thinking you need to aim it outside the right post, mate. But he hasn't. And he's curled it wide. All the Blackburn players. Bereton Diaz was stopped looking at him. Thinking, they, they do all stop, don't they? The players, they all like oh, the really pressure. intrigued, aren't they? But they're like, come on, let's see if this geezer's got anything. <laughs> uh, but no, so uh, uh, you know, if anyone wasn't at the game, the kick it for a ticket man did not succeed. That's and two went failures. Empty-handed. Yeah, that's two failures. Because you missed the one at Hall, didn't you? Because you went for a cheeky, cheeky pie. Well, no, no, I quickly ran back up. Oh, I was on the you? other side of the stadium. Quickly, okay. I, had to, I couldn't miss it. Because I felt really bad because I was going, you're rubbish, blah, blah. I, then I looked on Twitter and the guys had like, just come back from a ligament injury or something like that. <laughs> I felt really bad about it. Uh, That's two out of two failures. So hopefully, who's next at home? Uh, Bournemouth. Bournemouth at home. So that's... Maybe I'll retweet. Maybe I'll enter. It'd be amazing. Like, if you got on there, I would, you know, I'd give anything to see that. I really would. Especially with Arabic commentary. If there's Arabic commentary available, <laughs> even better. Yeah. So, 2-2. Two, two. I mean, there was a little chance there for the Blackburn at the end, but, you know, came to no avail. And we got out there with a draw. I don't think a draw was good enough for, for either side, was it, lads? No, not, not really. Well, I mean, for them, you're looking at it and you look at some of the form teams coming behind them, particularly, I know we're going to talk about Forest for good reason in a minute. They look... Uh, they look tricky and obviously they're kind of one point behind with three games in hand. So yeah, they, they, so I've listened to kind of a lot of Blackburn fans in the coming days and you're kind of thinking, well, they're still up there. They're still um, in the top six or seven places, but a lot of them feel like, you know, when that goal went in, it pretty much ended their chances, which is in a way surprising. But when you actually have a look at it in a bit more detail, it, um, it, it does make sense in fairness, especially when you've got, as I say, Forest with three games in hand, um, Sheffield United with some games in hand and obviously they're looking in form as well so yeah f- from their perspective I can understand it and from us we, yeah, we realistically needed to win Alright let's wrap this game up then with a couple of Man of the Match awards a couple of names mentioned obviously already Jamie Allen, Gus Hamer, Victor Jake Bidwell as well centre back, let's go to you Ross for, for your for your call It's a tough one you know and that's what William Bernard I, you, you've given honourable mentions there and they all they all I concur. But I actually do think, you know, I think I would give it Jay Bidwell. I've sort of thought about this. I've slept on it. I actually think that was definitely his best game um, in a sky blue shirt. He looks comfortable there because he doesn't have to bomb forward. Defensively, I thought he did really good last-ditch clearance in the first half where uh, that Gallagher was ready to pounce, really. Um, 
and I think he's got that he's got that nice little ball like he did, you know, for the goal against Derby, where he can just float it up to the striker. And so I think he's got good distribution. He's quite strong, and he he looks like he's sort of getting used to his surroundings. He, he's a lot more vocal, he seems, than he was when he first signed. So you know what? I think credit where it's due. He's had a lot of criticism, I think, when he's been playing left wing back. Uh, but I think that was his best game. Um, so I'd give him man of the match. Matt, are you of the same opinion? I am, yeah. I would. Um, I think over the last couple of games, and obviously we've had the international break in, in between, but I think in the last couple of games he has really stepped up into what's an important position for us at the minute with the injuries, with the fact, yeah, I think Clark Salter's gone back to Chelsea now, so we are going to need some people to to step up, even with um, McFadden hopefully coming back, we're going to need cover there for sure. So it's important that he's um, able to fill that gap and he's certainly shown that he's able to do it. So, yeah, all the names you've mentioned, I think if it would have been a uh, game called at halftime, I, I probably would go for Hamer. Alan, that engine that he brings to the team is massively important. But I think for the uh, all-round com- contribution, in terms of probably what isn't his most comfortable position, I would, I would go with Bidwell as well. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Right, let's look ahead to an absolutely humongous week in the championship for the Sky Blues. We've spoke about pivotal weeks in the past, but this feels like the big one, lads. Two teams in incredible form. First up, it's it's Forest on Wednesday evening, and then next Sunday, we head to Craven Cottage to the league leaders of Fulham. Now, <laughs> you look at the situation overall with the championship, and we're still in the hunt, obviously, but it feels like now, Ross, that if we don't get six points out of this week, you feel like it's all over. Yeah, I think... I think if everyone's been realistic, I, I don't think we, I don't think we're going to get in the playoffs. I think it's probably for the best, but it's not over. And I, I think it'd be positive if we could stay within mathematical possibility with three or four games to go, just so it means we're. So it's I don't want for. us to end the season on a on, on a little bad run or something because we've got to play teams who will be fighting for it, and that that'd be the concern. I think we have to win on Wednesday. For if we don't win on Wednesday, it is over like i'll be saying it's it's 100 done go on go done. on say it yes it'll be done but i think forest are un- on unbelievable form but it's got to come to an end at some point the media have already got them promoted if you're not already seeing they're already that in the premier true. league yeah i want us to Steve go Cooper's there the best thing since sliced bread as well apparently yeah. i want us to go there and i know we can compete if you think of all the teams we've played and we've outplayed yes we might not have got the results but qpr Middlesbrough, but lost both those games. Absolutely, you know, by far the better side. I back us, and if we can just take our chances, and we say this every single week, you know, and obviously that does need to change. But if we do create chances, I think we have to win. And you're probably right. We probably need to go to Fulham. I probably do need to win. Maybe, yeah, we probably do. I mean, it's our game in hand. It is our game in hand on Huddersfield, and it's our game in hand on Blackburn. So if we do beat Forest, we go three points behind Blackburn. I mean, it's a tall order, isn't Stranger it? Stranger things have happened there. I mean, you look at, you know, we beat Fulham already this season. We beat Sheffield United, two of the real fancy sides in this division. But I think, Matt, this first game against Forest is probably the big one because they're in imperatus form, aren't they? Four wins in their last four league games. Andrew against Sheffield United before that, obviously sandwiched in there with a, an FA Cup defeat to, to Liverpool. But they're in sublime form and they, they just look like the team to be at the moment. Yeah, and also important going into the Fulham game as well because 
we're not realistically at the moment kind of in the kind of form put together the kind of performances where you think we could go to Fulham and really challenge for a win so if we're saying that we would need to go there and win as well you're kind of looking at it thinking I, I don't know we'd probably need something spectacular and, and part of that's going to come with a bit of confidence as well but we can obviously if we were to go to um, Nottingham on, on Wednesday and get a victory that's obviously going to bring the confidence because of the form they're in I, yeah I mean that's easier said than done, isn't it looking at their form at the minute and how it's been since September they've lost three or four games since the, the new managers come in um, you know they're, they're scoring a lot of goals as well. I think it's 11 over the last uh, three or four games as well and they're coming from all parts of the pitch as well they've got a couple of strikers who are standing out with uh, similar to us actually with Jokeres and Godden um, when it comes to Graben and Johnson who have got I think 13 and 14 between them but you look at the kind of uh, 11 goals they've scored they've come from seven different players in the last three or four weeks so they have got threats all over the pitch and you looked at it at the start of the season I think they lost six in the first seven um, but the quality of player they've always had, they've been able to bring in in the summer and they've brought in in January. You just think they should be doing a lot, a lot better. And obviously that's now coming to um, come into the fore. So um, look, it's not an impossible game for us to win. We've obviously already beaten them once this season, but um, but a massive game for us. I was about to say because you look at that first. I know the first game of the season seems a long, long time ago where we, you know, we we played against them, but we competed really well that day and obviously came out on top towards the end. But this Forest team hasn't changed personnel-wise too much since then. You know, obviously Steve Cooper's come in and maybe installed a bit, little bit more belief, but we've shown we can compete and we can beat them. There's definitely no no doubt we can go there and get the victory. Um, and as you say, you know, we've already shown that this season with the first first game of the season in turn and that round late on. Um, so, you know, there's there's nothing for us to lose in this game as well. Because I think we do now know we pretty much got to go in, um, yeah, probably pick up minimum four, if not six points in the next couple of games and then see that where that leaves us on the basis of facts that we've got a couple of teams um, who have played more games than us. So we can go there, maybe give it a bit of a go. Um, and what's, what's the worst thing that can happen for us realistically at this stage? So that's what I would like to see us do because, um, you know, personally, I'm overly confident we are going to, be able to go and get those four, four or six points in those two games, but I'd at least like us see there, to see us go there and give them trouble. Um, you know, kind of put it on them a bit and, and see what we can come away with. It's super exciting, though, isn't it? To still being with a chance. You know, when we looked at the start of the season, at the the games we had, and you know the periods, you know, look at in chunks and blocks and and stuff. And we looked at the block at the end of the season from this Forest game and thought to ourselves, "My God, we need to be out of trouble here because." We're going to be playing some huge teams, Fulham, Forest, Bournemouth, to, to name a few, Stoke, who, who obviously fancied as well to, to, to get promotion. We obviously had the, the intention of staying up in the division and we wanted to be in a safe position at that point, but we're in a completely different position to that. And, you know, trying to get into those playoffs, it's exciting, Ross, isn't it, to be in that position rather than the opposite side? Oh, 100%. And, you know, the draw, yesterday we'd have liked the win, but the draw takes us officially to 56 points so we have you know we're a point better off than last year's season and you're bang on I think at the start of the season and we, we, we've said this in person we've said this time and time again you know all we heard was long hard season and and we would have all we all thought we're probably gonna the, the aim is exactly the same stay in the division and if we can try and improve on on our 16th place finish which in the end was a really was probably a better finish than we looked like we were going to finish you know for the majority of last season so to suddenly be 
still talking about, well, if we can get four points or six points in the next two, the playoffs are alive. In in April, it says it all. I mean, this time last year, I was I had no nails left as I was thinking we've got this game against Rotherham to come. You were done. You, know? you were done. I was done, mate. We had it was probably it was probably the QPR game was probably a year, a year ago or something. <laughs> um, no, but it's brilliant, isn't it? And I think we've got some really good fixtures to look forward to, like big games. Like we've got, you know, you, you think you've got Bournemouth at home. You know, they'll be fighting to get that automatic spot. Huddersfield, we've got them at home. So they're going to be fighting. And, you know, it's a chance, even if we do fall short, which I think we probably will, but let's get a top 10 finish. Yeah. Let's finish in the top 10. Let, the last thing you'd want to do, I, I, I felt it'd be disappointing after being in the top four for a big chunk of the season, playoffs for an even bigger chunk, and then being in the top 10. It'd be disappointing to sort of finish like 13th or four, you know, yeah, would, 14th yeah. now. It, it would it'd feel a bit like, because last season we finished the season really well, didn't we? We're not saying that position is a bad thing, but just nope. in the in the in the way that the season's gone and the, where we have been, it would be a disappointment at this point now. A hundred percent. At the start of the season, if you said we'd finished thirteenth, I'd have gone, yeah, brilliant, I'd have took it. But when, when the season's gone like this, you just don't want the season to finish on a negative in terms of form, and then that to seep into next year. You got to think that we actually carried on where we left off last season. We finished the season with a scoring six goals against Millwall. We'd won games prior. We'd got a good win away at Stoke, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And we carried that on. You just want to finish the season where you go almost like the end of a good like series. You know, it goes, oh, that was good. It leaves me wanting more. I'm excited yeah. for next season. You don't season want to finish three. With, Bring on season to, three. Exactly. You don't want to lose. You don't want to finish the season with three straight defeats. Or let's hope like it that. doesn't. End, let's hope it doesn't end the way Game of Thrones ended. I've never actually seen Game of Thrones. What? You definitely. We definitely need to get this uh, GoFundMe set up. You definitely need some kind of therapy. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, for Netflix, <laughs> yeah, let's get a subscription. Um, but uh, no, it's been look, it's been brilliant, hasn't it? And to be talking about it is uh, it's it just it's testament to the players and Robins. And I think we all know we we all know which players, which areas we need to strengthen, and I'm sure we will. Which players are going to move on? I think it will be a summer of change uh, with incomings and outgoings, um, and it's something to look forward to. You just want to finish the season on the high. Um, and that's all. That's all I want now. You know, if we can get, if we can win three of our last seven games, just to make take us into those sixty point realm, I'll, I'll be pretty pleased with that. Matt, how do you see these these two games playing out for the Sky Blues over this week? I feel like I, I wish I'd been able to say this maybe before that speech because it was quite rousing. But I, I uh, uh, rousing or arousing? I'm going to stick with rousing <laughs> for now. But... <laughs> we'll see how it goes. No, yeah, we'll see how it goes. No, I. I think we're going to struggle, to be perfectly honest. Um, I do look at Forest, and I, you know they've got quality all over the pitch, and it's more a case now of the fact that they are showing it more than anything else. Um, I, they were obviously massively underperforming at the start of the season, and they've, um, yeah, as you say, they haven't really changed the, the uh, personnel in the starting lineup too much, but they're just getting the potential out of them that they realistically should have been getting from the, the start of the season. So um, I think it's a difficult game. It's not, it's not unwinnable. It's not somewhere we can't go in get a point from um but i probably think we are going to struggle and then obviously we've got to go to to fulham after that and um you just look at some of their stats it is quite frightening it's 92 goals which is 30 more than any other team in the division you think maybe uh a team that scores that many goals is is probably going to give you opportunities at the other end but they've got the stingiest defense in the league as well and mitrovic has got 35 in 33 and you kind of think, okay, well, he's the one banging in majority of goals, but then they've got a few players who've got double figures themselves as well, and Harry Wilson, and 
Carvalho and and all of these names and even the defence, you look at it and you think there's no real, you know, massive big name players in there as you might expect there could be from a former Premier League team, but they're just all solid defenders, do their job well drilled and don't give you those those kind of chances that um, obviously, as I say, when a team scores a lot of goals, sometimes you, you do get those opportunities at the other end. But um, but no, really tricky. Um, and I'd <laughs> if I'm being positive, what I what I'd say is I'd just like to see us have a go and see what happens. Yeah. And, um, and and who knows? We'll be back by two huge Sky Blue Army followings as well. Two brilliant away days. You know, two two days that we've been looking forward to all season. A bit annoyed there that film's changed from from Saturday to Sunday. There, that's that's a bit frustrating. Are you going to that? Yeah. I haven't got a ticket as of yet. Uh, also, I mean, it is we've sold out, which is great. But what's with these tiddly allocations that we've been given recently? You're not going to talk are about the scared? Birmingham one, are you? No, uh, there's a, because you know, that's been going off for a week on Twitter. And like, it's there's an obvious reason why we're not. Well, the stands, the, the stands closed. Yeah. Next, it's falling down. No, but I'm talking about like Forest 2000. Obviously, Fulham's got smaller ground. Although they've got work, but for uh, Derby, Derby was again. I know they're they're trying to cite trouble or whatever, but I think I think they just know the Sky Blue Army. We've got the best away fans in the league. I think the Sky Blue's extra I got the best. I was, <laughs> we have to be fair. <laughs> I was I was about to say, <laughs> but no, I um, yeah, no, I I think it'll be class. It'll be great atmosphere on Wednesday. I'm going, um, so I'll be there. With my uh, timer on my stopwatch for the minutes of stoppage time, <laughs> we'll have to get you a, a nice uh, gold gold Casio I'm, for your stopwatch. You, you, I'm I'm, I'll, I'm open to gifts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can send all gifts to PO Box there. Yeah, Mitrovic, thirty-seven goals. I've just noticed. It's unbelievable. It's madness, isn't it? Absolutely crazy. That's, I suppose that's the difference, isn't it? You know, having someone like him available in your team with the likes of Wilson. Um, Carvalho, Michael Seri, they just create chances at will. Reed. You could you could keep going. I mean, like I say, ninety-two goals, and there's still what seven, eight games of the season left to go. So they're probably well, well they are going to to hit the hundred goal mark for the season. Um, yeah, thirty goals. They've scored a third more goals than the the next highest scorers in the division. They are. Um, they're, they're a very worrying team when you combine that with the fact that they've also conceded only 32. So their goal difference is a healthy plus 60, which, um, yeah, is, I guess it, it sums up the situation for them. But like we say, I mean, we did beat them 4-1 earlier in the season, so so who knows? And they could actually hit the 100-100, 100, 100, 100 points, 100 goals. Yeah. That is scary. Yeah, quite conceivable. Yeah. I suppose that they probably do. well. Certainly will from the goals perspective. It's like that is what we're up against, and you know we're at a different level, aren't we? Completely. It's like you know a, a League Two team coming up against a Premier League team, really, and you know funds available and and the, the quality available as such. You know that's that's the job Mark Robbins and the team are doing. It's, it's unbelievable, really, if you think about it. Yeah, fair point. I think it does highlight, um, and it's important at this stage because, like I say, we've always had that um, realistic possibility of finishing in the top six. It is still good to have, um, I guess, those moments where you kind of look back and you think about what we're actually doing at the moment. I think going back to what Ross said before, a top 10 finish has to be the target because that just really um, hammers home the point. And like I say, 13th, 12th, 13th, 14th, yeah, it would be disappointing, even though it would be um, a solid season for us. But realistically, if we if we get to the end of the season, because it's hard to obviously evaluate and review while you're in the thick of things, but if we get to the end of the season with a top 10 finish and then we actually 
maybe have the time to sit down, look through those other teams, look through the budget, look through the value of some of the players they've got in their team. You can actually really put it into context in terms of what type of performance it's been for us as a season. Okay, let's get some predictions then, scores-wise, for this week. We'll start with the Forest game. Matt, we'll go with you first and we'll take yours for the Tweet League. I think it's going to be 2-1 to Forest, unfortunately. Okay, and Roscoe? 3-1. Or a home win or away win? Oh, no, to us, mate. Oh. Yeah. Fantastic. Maybe I should put the... Maybe I should put the tweet leagues around. I can't uh, look. Look, <laughs> I do forward for my Fulham result. <laughs> I am <laughs> ominous. I am worried. I am worried about the Forest game, and I do think there is a big chance we could get unstuck. And actually, had we lost to Birmingham, I was very fearful. To be fair, um, Black Birmingham, Black Birmingham, Sorry, but getting that late equaliser actually makes me think. Well, we are still within a chance, but I'm going to be positive. Why not? You know, they're, they're on a great run, but it's got to come to an end. We're capable. We're capable. We have won there as well. I've I've been there when we won four one in the past, which was a fantastic occasion. Um, so well, what you know, year was that? Eighty something. Oh, it was yeah, what two thousand eight maybe nine. Oh, 10? see, I was. Well, you weren't oh, a sky blue then, were you? No, I was a sky blue. But the last time <laughs> I went, I just remember seeing Freddie Eastwood and like Clinton Morrison up from that. Was... So, so now I'm going to look at the eleven versus eleven and try and find the year for that. Uh, whilst I'm doing that, let's have your full on predictions. Let's start with yours, Ross. Um, I mean, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna go for a defeat here. I, I think can Fulham win? Hold on, you just said you were ever the optimist, and now we're going. <laughs> oh well, no, hang on. I can be optimistic with a defeat. I'm, I'm gonna go okay. one nil Fulham. One nil Fulham. Okay, like a good performance, but they've but, but like a really good performance. We hit the bar. O'Hare hits one straight at the goalie, you know, and then and then just like a penalty, a Mitrovic penalty, you know. And Matt, go on, Emp. Let's let's hear your your <laughs> devastating prediction. Yeah, maybe not. I won't go into too much specifics as that. But I, look, I, I started. I always back us to to put a performance in and hold our own. So I'm not going to uh, throw a seven nil out there, which is what they've done to some teams this season. So, but um, let's go three one. Unfortunately, to Fulham. Okay, I've just found that um, found that game, and it's even later. That August two thousand and four. I still at school. Wow. Yeah. You're, old, you're older, Dino, than you think you are. Yeah, I know. I'm just looking at some of the, the, the names on this team sheet. Could you could you have a guess at uh, who was in this team then? 2004. Eddie Johnson? Richard who? Richard Wood. Richard Wood, no. No. No, Richard Wood wasn't like He was later, wasn't he? No, I'm not. Eddie Johnson? Eddie Johnson. Um, Stephen Eddie Johnson Hughes. was, yes, he was playing. Steve, Stephen Hughes, Hughes. yep. We had a big name player that season, didn't we? We did, and he was half it, ha- injured for half of it. Former, yes, correct. Yeah. Staunton? I take it he didn't make it for this game. No, he played. He did play. Did he? he played the whole game. Yeah. I'll wow. go. I'll go through the lineup. Here we go: Scott Shearer, Lewis Carey, Steve Staunton, Callum Davenport, Richard Shaw, Michael Dore, Stephen Hughes, Tim Sherwood, Graham Barrett, Eddie Johnson, and one of my favourites, Andy Morrell. He had three lungs. Never stopped running. Two goals for Andy Morrell that that game. Eddie Johnson and Stephen Hughes. Just notice on the on the Nottingham Forest team, uh, Ian Jess was playing for them, uh, and oh. and future Sky Blue striker Marlon King also uh, was was really? making an appearance during that game. So hopefully we can bring back those vibes of four one 
um, for, for, for Wednesday night. It'd be nice to see the Sky Blues do that. Uh, chaps, that is the end of this week's podcast. Thank you very much for joining me. Fans, keep an eye out on the Sky Blues Extra Twitter channels this week for the best pre- and post-match content. A big thank you to, obviously, our partners at Shortland Horn 2 for their continued support. We'll be back next week to look back at both the Forest and Fulham games in a little bit more detail. But in the meantime, keep across the social channels, as I said. And if you've got anything to say, use the hashtag SkyBluesExtra. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.